There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to WWF Wrestling with Freddie, and I have the coolest guest on earth right now, and I can't believe we're talking after all this time. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what you say, he's a babyface, and his name is Matt Cardona. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. What's up, brother? I haven't seen you in forever. How the hell are you? Yeah, what's up? It's funny because when I was searching for this uh, this link so we could do this, I typed in Freddie Prince Jr. into my email, and I got like the press release that WWE sent all the talent, like Freddie Prince Jr. joins the WWE, like from like <laughs> whatever it was, 2008. <laughs> yeah, Still in my yeah. Email. <laughs> Back in the day, dude, that's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Bro, you got to clean out that inbox. I, I know. I use Hotmail still, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> still Hotmail guy. But I got, all, so, I got all the dirt in that email. That's why I can't get rid of it. Uh, oh, <laughs> Ooh. tasty. Ooh. Yeah. So, Matt, I'm, I have never been what I would consider a hardcore. And I was never educated on the indie scene of wrestling. But I happen to follow you on social media. And you left the company... And I know Sam Roberts, and he said, have you seen Cardona on GCW? Right. And I said, what is GCW? Ed- educate me. <laughs> and he starts sending me clips that are crazy, right? And so I go and I watch an old school bud in the ring, and I'm hooked right away. But that's not where I want to go. Like, I continued to watch and it is story based. Like they're actual, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't know if this was the norm or if this was something special or what, and forget the crowd make those shows so unique. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it's just, you realize, especially in, in the pandemic when others have tried it without crowds, just how important they are and they care about y'all so much, but you guys are telling real stories in and out of the ring with this I have a lot of listeners who have probably, like me, had never heard of it, had never seen it. Will you please get me hip 
to GCW and tell everybody what the hell you're doing over there. So I'll try to dumb it down. Um, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> listen, Freddie, I didn't really know what GCW was either. Um, I knew it was some sort of deathmatch style wrestling, or that's the perception out there. When you actually watch it, you realize, yes, there are deathmatch wrestling. There's also great technical wrestling, a lot of high-flying wrestling. Uh, I compare it to ECW back in the day. A lot of people think ECW was blood and guts. And yes, they had that, but they had the storytelling. They had incredible in-ring action, bell to bell. Um, so, yeah. So, so people uh, were tweeting me about this guy, Nick Gage. And yeah. I, I heard about him. There was a dark side of the ring. I couldn't even get through the episode. It was so disgusting. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this guy. But the tweets kept happening and happening and happening. And I said, well, you know, sometimes in wrestling, you got to give the people what they want. Right. And I knew this would create some buzz. I could have never imagined the buzz it did create. It has changed my career. It has changed my life. So I knew, okay, I will do this death match. I'll wrestle this Nick Gage guy. Um, and listen, I knew there was going to be some blood. I wore all white. I'm like, yeah, it'd be cool if I had like a white shirt on. There's some trickles of blood. <laughs> I was pouring, pouring yeah, that blood. Shirt, that shirt was red, brother. It was red. I was. There was like ooze, blood ooze coming from my shoulder. And the referee's like, do you want to continue? And when this referee is asking me if I want to continue, he's seen it all. It got me scared, you know, because I was covered in so much blood. I didn't know where the, the blood was coming from. You know what I'm saying? There was oh light gosh. tubes and glass and pizza cutters. But you talk about the fans. Oh, my God. They hate me there. They hate me. They hate so everything much. I represent. Um, and I love it. I love oh that God, because – that's so great. Yeah, That's so great. Because for so long, I was the, the white meat baby face in WWE. And the thing is, I'm continuing to be that because in my mind, I am a white meat baby face. How could yes, you not sir. like me? I'm a, yes, I'm a diehard fan living the dream. How could you boo me? Right? Yes. Um, and then when I beat Nick Gage and won the title, bro, I, <laughs> it was insane people were throwing bottles uh they were throwing like cans they were throwing pizza cutters at me which luckily i didn't like, realize puerto rico what's going on <laughs> this is atlantic city new jersey the security <laughs> guards had to escort me out of the building like that's like if they're scared great, that makes though. me scared you know what i'm saying yeah like yeah i couldn't even celebrate you know i couldn't even have my moment because they're throwing stuff at me it's but, there. It becomes their moment. Yeah. And, 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 and listen, uh, I have since retired from deathmatch wrestling. I am the deathmatch king. Uh, I have that trademarked. I have retired from death, deathmatch wrestling, but that's what makes them hate me even more because now I come into these shows. I say I'm the deathmatch king, but I don't do deathmatch. You know, oh my, I, I dethrone their king. And uh, it's been so much fun. It's changed my career. It's changed my life. And it has snowballed into all the other promotions that I'm working in where now these fans are starting to turn on me and boo me. But I, I don't I generally don't understand why. OK, so <laughs> I'm, I want to deep dive on something on this, okay. because when Roberts got me in to GCW and I saw this like vitriol hatred yes. for you and you're such a good solid dude man like we weren't like best friends or anything but i'm a good enough judge of character to be like yo that's a good solid guy right. and i've never heard anybody say a bad word about you ever so i was sitting there and i was watching with some of my wrestling nerd friends and macaulay was there culkin was there who yep. you've met back in the day and he goes and we both kind of said at the same time i said you know what i think it is and it's not it's the it's the GCW thing and what you just described is what it is. But where our brains at that moment were, 
He said, it's because he was such a relatable guy and all like the, like, the guys that need like John McClane die hard as their hero. Like he can represent that. And then he got the girl that no John McClane could ever get. Right. And they saw a lot of themselves in Cardona and they know they can't ever get a girl like that. So they hate him even more. And we convinced ourselves that there was this hate of like, well, I could never get a girl that good. So screw him, man. Boo. (laughs) That's what we sealed on. And that's what I'm playing into as well, because I'm a diehard fan, just like all these people watching. Right. I'm such a diehard fan that I wanted to be a wrestler. Right. I still collect the figures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I am I am just as much as a mark, you know, as these guys, except I'm successful. I have a hot wife. I look like a million bucks. And that's and that's why they hate me. And I I love the hatred. I don't, you know, listen, I know it's 2022. I understand, you know, the business has changed. But I want to be the bad guy. I want to be heel. Like I want, not that I want, you know, I don't come out there and and, and just, I, I don't want them to to hate me, but then secretly like me. You know, I want them to really hate me. Yeah. I, do, I don't want to, you know, them to make gifts or, or whatever it's called of my cool moves. I don't want like Dave Meltzer to write reviews about me, like five star matches. I want to be the most hated person in wrestling. So check this out, man. Because you and just a hand, a small handful of others have, and art always does this, right? Art always moves in circles. You've brought it back to the old days, right? Where you want that hatred. You're desiring that hatred because that's good business for everybody, right? But you're having to do it in a world where there is no longer a curtain on the business of wrestling. But you... And like I said, a very small handful of people are committing to that in very different ways. I'll say their names too. Like I see MJF do that a little bit in AEW. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, somehow Xavier Woods was able to live his character, be a baby. Now it only works as a baby face, but he's able to live that character and be that presence on and off camera. Let's just talk about the three of you, like that sort of triumvirate. I see this as sort of a wheel turning back to the old days, which then becomes a rebirth of this art. And I call it art, Matt, because it's the literal, and you just experienced this, the literal blood, sweat, and tears on a literal, actual canvas. It's the very definition of art. And I see it going back to this old school way, and it makes me excited for it. Are you feeling that too, as now you're literally the most over indie wrestler in North America? Like, you have to be. It's it's an incredible feeling. And, and you know, when I when I signed up to this GCW thing, when I did that Nick Gage match, it was going to be uh, it was a three three deal, a three appearance deal. I was going to come in, lay him out, have the match and then lose the title. That, that was that was the plan. Right. But we had so much buzz like that night when I beat Nick Gage for the title, uh, we were competing against uh, Olympics and UFC and we were trending number one over both of those things. It was pretty oh crazy God. for an oh independent God. wrestling oh show. God. You know what I'm saying? That's so, so great. So I, I became, you know, a, a member of the roster doing, I don't do every single show, but I do a lot of the shows. Right. And I would have never imagined when, when was that match? July that in January we'd be selling out the Hammerstein ballroom which is incredible with no yeah. matches announced. 
And, you know, I, I don't want to take 100% of the credit. I do want some of it, but it's the whole roster and it's the diehard fans that support that roster. Um, and then, of course, we have to deliver, right? Hammerstein Ballroom sold out. And man, like, you talk about art. Like, I was planning this, this, this entrance. I was planning, like, who I would have, like, run in. I was planning every little detail and it just worked perfectly. And it was like, I don't want to say my favorite match I've ever had, but it has to be in the top three. And sure. even now, just thinking about it, I have goosebumps and like just sometimes I, I don't know if I, I necessarily believe in fate. Right. But I remember like my mom, I wanted her to come because I knew how special this would be. Um, and she said, well, she only knows she doesn't watch wrestling. Right. She knows GCW. She knows that death match. She saw the pictures, the video. Oh, she was my scarred God. for life. So. She, she made me promise there would be no blood. I'm like, mom, listen, this is not a deathmatch thing. Me and Joey, we're going to tell a story in there. There's not going to be any blood. Of course, I break my nose like five minutes in. <laughs> blood just like oozing out of my nose. Joey Jell hits me with a steel chair. Now there's blood dripping from the back of my head. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's going to be pissed. Yo, are you in his ear like, dog, my mom's out here. Chill out. Uh, yeah, I was like, I could just tell. Like, oh, and I knew exactly where she was, too. But it, it's been so much fun. Like, Listen, not everything I, I do is going to be a success. Of course not. I'm going to fail. And that's how you learn. That's how you grow, right? And it's just so much fun having this opportunity to, to create because um, all I've ever wanted was opportunity. And I'm going to run with it. I'm going to try to make this as big as possible. I'm trying, to, uh, I'm trying to prove that you don't necessarily need to be in WWE or AEW to be a successful pro wrestler because now, look, there's podcasts. There's all these side things you can do. I think the days of just of independent wrestling being like a step down, I think those days are about to end. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together. And that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a tremendous movement right now. You know, a lot of people on social media see what's going on with with the major with the major brands, and they say wrestling's over. And I remember doing a podcast as a guest. And I'm saying, you know, the state of wrestling is is pretty rough. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, the state yeah. of wrestling, this is going to be like the French would say, the, re- the renaissance, the rebirth of wrestling. Because opportunity, money comes from everywhere now. With all these streaming services, you can find a deal here and there. People are willing to give you a couple years to fail as a brand and then try to find the right way, the business model within that. I think there's going to be this beautiful resurgence. And look what happened to you when you put yourself in one uncomfortable situation as an artist. Like, and I was so afraid of that as a young actor, dude. Like, once I stepped out of my comfort zone, I was just like, this is going to suck. I have no idea. Like, da, da, da. it's not a room. If, if it's not two pretty people struggling to be together for 90 minutes, <laughs> I didn't know. You know what I mean? Like, right. I was scared. And the first time I did it, my acting everything changed, dude. And all of a sudden I wasn't trying anymore. I was just acting. I was like, Oh my God, it took, I was 30 when it happened. I was like, Oh my God, I wasted 10 (laughs) years of my life, like being afraid. And to see you say that, I didn't know about like doing this death match with this guy whose videos I saw, it, it looks like he, he was in Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Right. So to do that and come out on the other end, a changed artist, this sort of like you go through fire to be reborn. Dude, you're like the Phoenix, bro. You're like Gene Gray from the <laughs> X-Men, man. Like, it's so sick to see what you're doing, man. I, I, you're, it literally makes, it made, I'll put it to you this way. And it's, and you are to credit for this. I called my accountant after watching this GCW and you're what made me watch GCW. And I said, I want to start an indie wrestling federation in California. And he said, you're insane. You can't, you can't do that. You're going to lose money. I said, I don't care. I want to have enough for two years. He goes, then you have to go get a job. So I took a job with Netflix and I did a movie in New York. I started putting money away. And I told a couple of my friends who are, are successful and they were like, yo, whatever you put in, I'll match it. And we'll fail for two years. And if everyone hates it, that two years, then we're screwed, whatever. Right. We failed doing something we love. And if not, it's going to be awesome. I was like, dude, I'm in. So I'm literally on that train right now to build up the coin purse, the wrestling coin purse. I love it. And to do it. And it's all because of watching what you did there and to hear you say I was like I didn't know if I should do this and then see where you're at now like that doubt that I had is completely frigging gone and it's why (laughs) I wanted to have you on the podcast but to hear you break it down like that is such a that's what you have to do to make it man like you have to step out of that comfort zone get off the treadmill and see what the actual road feels like sometimes. And it sucks. There's rocks and, and potholes and the, and the city doesn't take care of their streets, but man, every once in a while you can kind of find yourself. And I really feel like you have dude. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I do feel like I found myself and I, I say, 
you know, I, I try to be funny when I say WWE was my developmental, and I don't mean that as a shot. I don't. That's not a negative statement. I learned so much from WWE, and what I learned, I'm now applying here. Yeah, man. On the independent scene. And I really feel like I have found myself. And 2021 was my favorite year um, of my career, which is incredible to say because, you know, like some people, they get fired from WWE. Not some people, most people, and they disappear. They, 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 they you know, fall into obscurity. And I, I don't, I say this all the time too. I wasn't trying, I didn't have a chip on my shoulder. I wasn't bitter. I didn't want to, you know, prove WWE wrong. You know, like I wanted to prove myself right and my fans right who stuck by me this whole time. I really feel like I have. And that's what keeps me going, uh, proving people right. And if I get some haters, some doubters to join me, glad to have you. This isn't about you. This isn't about proving people wrong or trying to get back to WWE or trying to get to AEW. No. This is about trying to create like my legacy, you know, and it, I say this also, there's so many people in this business. How many wrestlers are there out there? So many, how many of them have been counted out and have come back more times than me? Zero, zero. And, and that's the thing. I, I am the cockroach of the pro wrestling business. I will not die. I love and if that. This, if this run fails, guess what? I'm going to come back in 10 years. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back because I love this business too damn much. It's just, you know, I wasn't born into this business. I don't want to say it's in my blood, but it's in my blood. I love it. I don't know why. It's a, it's a, it's my addiction. It's what, what fuels me every single day. Dude, you were this and, way when I, when I met you, when you would be backstage before you would go out and, and it was a tag team and the, and tag team wrestling has always kind of suffered in WWE because they're, and they told me this philosophy, I'm paying four guys for one match. So the commitment was never there as much as it was with singles, but I would see how, I almost cussed, well, I, I, you're allowed to cuss, but I would see how fucking hyped you would be back there right before you would go out. And it was legit, man. Like it wasn't just, oh, here's another night at the office. It was, here's another night at the office. Let's go. And I would see that, that excitement existed then. And you were a young dog back then, man, a young dog. I don't even think you had the beard. I think you were clean shaven, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was in, I got, so that was probably, man, I must've been like 23, 24 then. Cause I got signed to WWE in 2006 when I was 20 and then I got on the main roster when I was 22. So I must have been like 22, 23, 24 when we when we were together. Yeah, man. I remember we would do like the, the 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 promo class. You guys would reenact scenes. And I remember one time, were you there? I think you were there when Cena like walked in and just like sat in the middle of the class. Were you in there for that I, one? I, no, I don't think I was there for that one. You were there for one where something crazy happened and you were the one that said, oh, it was Oh, were you there when Big Show did the Pulp Fiction speech? I don't, you know I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. It was too damn long <laughs> ago, and I'm 45, going on 100 years old. But I just remember seeing all you young gunners in there, and you were the first ones that came in. Like, you were the group that really put it over, and when you guys all went back to the locker room and didn't shit all over it, it's it, – no, for real, man. It really it, – it helped develop that class, and it helped – some other people start to to find themselves as well, who I think probably wouldn't have come had that first group not stayed loyal and uh, and stayed in there. But to see the ultimate, like to use your words, white meat baby face, not a hair on your cheeks, not a hair on your <laughs> chin. You probably had the arm shaved up nice. Oh probably yeah, probably had the legs. <laughs> I mean, not a. I mean, oh, it yeah. was ultimate baby face. 
they put you in kind of a heelish tag team and then they had you with Edge for a while. And then to see that grow from what it was and it served its purpose. And like you said, it was developmental. And I would equate it to a lot of my older movies that I did. If I, knowing what I know now and how to apply it, I sometimes look back and I think about how I would do scenes differently, right? Because I've seen my, myself grow. I'm, I'm a self-aware enough to acknowledge that, right? So to hear you discuss it as your developmental, I don't see that as a shot at all. It helped you become the man you are today. Those things help shape and define who we are as artists, who we are as dudes, who we are as if, if I had your wife on here, who she is as a woman. You know what I mean? Like it's all those trials and tribulations, successes and failures, if we're self-aware enough, help us kind of blossom. And I feel like you're just now starting to hit your peak, your prime, a decade into the business, plus a decade yep. plus. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think. Uh, I mean, I started training in 2003. I'm not really good at math. So was that my oh, like don't, don't ask years? me. Bro. I, I mean, it's it's wild. And, you know, when I got released from WWE two years ago, uh, I was kind of at a crossroads because my, my contract was about to be up and I didn't know if I had wanted to stay. Listen, I had uh, my story speaks for itself. A lot of highs and lows, the highs of highs, the lows of lows, which is fine. Not everyone is going to be the chosen one. That's that's absolutely cool. Uh, but I didn't know if I wanted to stay. And it was the anxiety was eating at me for like a whole year because I had been offered a contract the year before and I had spent the whole year negotiating and thinking, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Well, they made the decision for me, right, essentially. And it was, listen, I needed that. That was my sign. Okay, let's go. Let's hit the ground running. Um, but we were living in this global pandemic. I mean, we still are, but this is like it had just started. Everything was shut down. I couldn't go do indies. I couldn't wrestle. So luckily I had this major wrestling career podcast that I do with, with Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins, and that kept us afloat. But even, like, I didn't, I didn't want to like wrestle when the indie started opening up in front of like 10 people wearing masks and like, and maybe I get COVID, maybe I don't. And like, it just, that's not how I want to come back to wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I, I, everything happens for a reason. Right. And, and I'm in the, the spot I am now because I took every situation and, and did what I thought was best to, to go to the next move, you know? And some, sometimes I made the wrong decision, but it got me here. So it ended up being the right decision. If that makes sense. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want us to to close out. I want to talk about your podcast, and I want us to nerd out a little bit. So let's do it. So... The action figure collectible world, yes, which I am not a part of, although I do collect miniatures for like D and D and stuff like that, right? Okay. So I guess I'm on the same boat. But I mean, that's 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 pretty nerdy, <laughs> pretty nerdy, right? I mean, there's a, I mean, we all are. There's a Freddy Krueger doll behind me, so I guess that's <laughs> pretty nerdy. So my first exposure to WWE action figures was through Kieran Culkin. Have you okay. met Kieran before? I believe I have like backstage at a show in, in passing. Yeah. You guys didn't know this about each other or you would be best friends today. All right. <laughs> so I go over to his apartment um, just to hang out or like play video games or something. Right. And this is before I even work in the company in WWE. And we go into this room that's his game room and there's WWE action figures everywhere. At least, at least a thousand. And I go, dude, there's, I go, there's got to be like a thousand WWE action figures here. He goes, oh, that's nothing. And he opens this closet up just behind this huge pile of toys. And it's thousands and thousands and thousands of wrestling action figures from the 80s, 90s. Like, I mean, I've never seen anything like this before. And I go, I go, dude, holy, holy shit. I go, how many do you have? He goes, I don't know, man, over 10,000 pieces. And I, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So this story like exists in the ether for a couple of years, right? And he has this girlfriend and we all go out to dinner and Karen and I go to the bathroom and my wife, Sarah and his girl, I'm going to leave her nameless. Um, they're talking at the table. We come back, dinner's over. We all say goodnight and Sarah and I walk home and uh, she goes, hey, you need to call, you need to call Karen. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, you need to call him and tell him to break up with this girl right away. I was like, are you, I go, are you choking? What are you, I, I'm going to call him. He's going to be mad at me. She goes, no. She goes, the first thing she said was, hey, does Freddie like collect toys and stuff like that? <laughs> and Sarah goes, no, he collects uh, masks, like luchador masks. And she goes, yeah. oh, God, wrestling. And Sarah goes, what's, what's the problem with wrestling? And she goes, 
Kieran has like 10,000 toys and I have to figure out a way to get rid of them. And once she oh, said no, that, no, she's got to go. I she's got to go. I called Kieran. I was like, yo, man, Sarah says you got to drop this girl. She wants to get rid of all your wrestling <laughs> minis. I'm, I shit you not. 48 hours later, he was a single man. He's now, I love he's it. now successfully married. He's got a baby. She loves his toys. She's French. Her name's yeah. Jazz. She's amazing. Like and she's it. super cool. And you guys would be great friends. And he may be one of the dudes. I'm not going to say this, confirm it, but he may be one of the dudes in the indie wrestling uh brand out here so you guys would have to oh, hang yeah. no matter what man oh uh, you got to connect us for sure i'd love to have him on the podcast and talk figures and stuff. so yeah, yeah man tell me about this podcast and and how it took off and your passion for this and you just turning it into this talk about it so i'll give you the long story short uh you know as a kid of course i played with the wrestling figures i loved it i would create uh what i call uh like figure feds you know i'd be the booker <laughs> playing with these toys i I'd, I'd keep the title histories write storylines um, and then when you're in high school, it's not cool to collect toys. It's just not. If you want to have a girlfriend, I still, yeah. I, st I still, I still did. You know, I would collect them through my youngest brother. Uh, I would go to Toys R Us and hunt them down and I'd ask for a gift receipt at the counter because I didn't want the cashier thinking I was buying it for myself. I was embarrassed. <laughs> um, and then when I met Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins in wrestling school in 2003, at first, he was my competition. We just signed up to wrestling school. We're the same age, looked the same. I hated this guy, right? Because I didn't want to be in a tag team. And then somehow we found out we both collected the wrestling figures and that broke the ice. We instantly became best friends, ended up being tag partners, go to WWE together. But the locker room back then, Freddie, you know, <laughs> there's no way, there's no way I could have walked into a WWE locker room with like Undertaker, JBL, Hardcore Holly, with the figures I just got on the road from like Target. Oh they would have God. kicked me out of the locker room, shit in my bag. No fucking way. But, you know, I tell us a lot. The, the, the environment backstage has changed. I'm not saying for better or worse, but it's because it's a new generation of wrestlers. Like I grew up on the ice cream bars, you know, the wrestling buddies, the toys. Undertaker wasn't, he wasn't chasing after the ice cream man for a WF ice cream bar. Nah, you know what I'm man. saying? So he can't, he can't relate to that. I don't blame him. He can't relate to that. Um, so, you know, while we were in WWE, listen, we're, we're texting every day about wrestling figures. We're on the road searching for wrestling figures. I said, why don't we just do a, a podcast about wrestling figures? There's so many podcasts out there about wrestling, but why don't we do it about wrestling figures, you know? And uh, took some convincing and eventually he decided to do it with me. And we started the major wrestling figure podcast. Um, we were in WWE at the time. So I, I, I'm not going to get into this, but I had new from uh, other situations I had been in, we cannot call this the Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins show because they'll own it. They'll take it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're damn right. So we're using our real names, being very careful, tiptoeing around like intellectual property and trademarks and stuff like that. And thank God we did it that way because when we got fired, it was still ours. Because if it was the Zack and Kurt, yeah, you wouldn't major have been able to podcast, do it anymore. It would have been gone. Oh, yeah, it my been gosh. Gone. It's crazy. So, that rule um, there is so wild to me, man. They're gonna they're gonna kill up up down down. It's just gonna destroy that. And what they built there was super cool. As a gamer, I loved it. Um, I even DM'd their third season for talk about nerds. I was their dungeon master for season three, <laughs> man. It. That's so I'm great. talking trash on you. Um, yeah, but yeah, I hope that they. Uh, I hope they start to figure out the, the the future of business. And I mean, if college players are allowed to do this now, professional wrestlers right. and, and independent so. contractors should yeah. most certainly be able to. Exactly. There's at least got to be a happy um, medium in there. Right. And then, you know, when we got released from WWE, like I said, middle of the pandemic, all we have left is this podcast. And we're thinking, oh, shit, we're screwed here, too, because 
who's going to be buying collectibles in the middle of this global pandemic? Turns out everybody, everybody, dude, everybody. So our podcast like blew up. It was like the complete opposite of what we thought because people wanted to, they wanted to find some happy moments. They wanted to relive some happy memories. I say this a lot too, like with, with these wrestling figures, you can recreate these childhood memories or create moments that didn't happen. For instance, like 1995 Christmas, all I wanted was one, two, three kid. I didn't get it. It devastated me. It ruined my Christmas. But now, as a 36-year-old man, I can go on eBay. You know, I'm paying a thousand bucks, but I'm getting that figure. Yeah. Mint in package. Yeah. And I'm like creating a moment that I never had. It's 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 the closest thing to being a DeLorean and going back to the future. It's the closest thing, you know, because you can, you know, either relive your childhood moments or create ones that you never had. And that's why I think um the wrestling figure fans and not just wrestling figure fans, anyone who collects toys or, or collectibles, that's what they're doing it for. Nostalgia. Yes, of course. Sometimes you can flip it, make some money. That's not why I do it. Have I made some money before? Yes, of course. So, sometimes I buy things to sell, but 99% of the time it's because I want it. Uh, you know, I want it on display. And a lot of the things yeah, like here and it's just in my closet or in my garage, it's just it's like out of, out of FOMO. I can't. Not have <laughs> They've got you, dude. They got their hooks in you. That's like kids today with microtransactions in video games. They're like, I got to get that other outfit that my children drive me crazy with it. I I'm telling you, I'm like, you're not even going to like it in a week. You can't physically touch it. You can't grab it. You can't hold it. That's one of the cool things with collectibles, you know, is you can feel it. You can, t I still put on my stupid luchador masks, bro. Like I, the first one I got was in Puerto Rico with my grandma and I still have the mask. I don't let anybody touch it because it's old and beat down. The only thing that's not original on it still is the lace. I ended up putting a Converse shoelace in the back because the other one got frayed and tore up. But so I have my dorky stuff for sure, too. Um, where can everybody listen to the podcast? Uh, wherever you find your podcast, major wrestling figure podcast. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, too, uh, where we go on like figure hunts. We do figure reviews. Really, really nerdy stuff. I think that's awesome. <laughs> and I love how many wrestlers are actually big show plays Dungeons and Dragons. Listen, everyone's a, a nerd. Everyone collects something or is into something that not everyone else is into. And I think, you know, we're just trying to break that stigma that like you don't have to be ashamed to collect a certain thing or like a certain thing. Like those days are over. Let's end all that BS, you know, dude, I you're first of all, you're so cool for doing this, but you're just so freaking cool, man. Like, brother, thank you so much for doing this. Where can everybody reach you on social media? You're really good. Follow uh, at the Matt Cardona on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I post a lot because uh I got to make people know who I am. I don't care if I post too much. Sorry. Nah, man. You're, you're great on there and you interact with people. Internet and you're champion. Awesome. That's right, man. The creator. Right. The creator of That's it. That's right. That's right. So thank you for being a part of the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para 
ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.